midweek service too. I uh, want you to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Talk a little bit about the Christmas story. If there's ever anybody that should know how to how to celebrate Christian Christmas, it should be the Christians. You know, it should be us to be able to show this world, this community, this is how you celebrate Christmas. And so from Matthew chapter 1, if you found it, would you stand with me? Uh, from chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 18. Forgive me if my mind's tired. It's, I hope it's not going to be like this morning when I talking about the prayer of Jabez, and I said the prayer of Jezebel. And uh, it's like, oh, did I really say that? And I said, don't tell Brother Hughes that I said that. Please don't. I'll, I won't make fun of him anymore about fairy chariots if you don't tell him that I, I said the prayer. I, uh, yeah, you were dozing off, so I said it just the right time. But, I, but you know, it's, one of, it's been one of those days. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Go with me to chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, and when they were departed, that's talking about the wise men, when the wise men had departed, uh, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. I want to look for a few moments about Joseph. We're going to talk about Joseph tonight. I'm just going to call it Joseph. I didn't come up with any fancy title. We're just going to call it that. Call it what it is. All right, would you pray with me? Father in heaven. We love you tonight. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your presence that we've already felt here in the sanctuary this evening. And Lord, we need the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Would you give us a freedom and a liberty in this place, we pray. Father, give us a, the anointing of the Holy Ghost like we've never experienced before. Challenge our hearts tonight. 
And Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I uh, don't want to forget to announce our holiday tie contest between me and Brother Hughes. Uh, I think I'm going to win. I'm going to win this year. Okay. Okay. Is it next Sunday? Okay. Okay. It should be. So I'll be ready. I'll be ready for you. I'm going to win. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to win both times. Okay. I'm going to win both. <laughs> okay. I want us to look at Joseph. Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus. I, you know, could you imagine growing up in this home? <laughs> could you? Could you just imagine as these, uh, as the children of Joseph and Mary get older, could you just imagine, you know, them saying, why don't you clean up your room like Jesus does? You know, why don't you act more like Jesus does? Why don't you act, you know, why quit being that way? Be more like Jesus, you know, could you just uh, imagine? Uh, but by the time Jesus was entering his earthly ministry, we hear, we hear nothing more about Joseph other than some parts in the Christmas story. And so more than likely, according to history, Joseph was already deceased and probably married Mary while he was older. He was probably older in age. Some, some historians put him at being 111 by the time Jesus died. When I did the math and saying that, that Jesus, or by the time he entered his ministry, or Jesus, somewhere along that line, it puts anyway. It puts him as a very old man when he got married. So I don't know how accurate that is, but anyhow, he could have very well been older than Mary. Uh, but I, I want us to look at this. I think there's some real parallels. And men, I'm coming to where you're at. All right, ladies, say amen. Okay, <laughs> come on, don't be. amen. I'm coming. To, I want to preach to the men tonight because I think there's some real qualities in Joseph being the earthly father of Jesus Christ, that some of them that we need to just pay attention to. You know, we live in a day when the media, television, or whatever wants to uh, promote a, a father as being some kind of a bumbling idiot. You know that? I mean, how many times we see it like, here, here's a man, he is the dad, but he has not enough sense to come in out of the rain. You know, he just is not, he's just clueless. He's out of touch. He doesn't know what's going on. He just wandered around in a daze. And so many times, that's the way the world uh, kind of promotes what a dad is. And you know what? I don't find that in the Word of God. I think that here, I think strong churches are built on strong men. With strong families, strong families have a, a strong man as the leader. And in this age of women's lib, I tell you what, if a man would love his wife as Christ loved the church, there's not too many women that could resist that. That he's willing to lay down his life for his spouse, his wife. You know, I mean, we wouldn't have this, but you know, look at look at the way we have it in our society today, where men treat women uh, with disrespect, and it's no wonder. But I tell you what, Christian men ought to be different. You ought to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Amen, ladies. All right. I mean, come on. I got to, you know, it's like we did with the kids on Wednesday nights. You know, it's like, it doesn't hurt to say amen or nudge him a little bit. You know, you better sit up and listen. But, you know, it's really true. Our nation, I have a strong nation. We need strong churches. 
And have strong churches, we need strong families. To have strong families, we need strong men with that leadership. He's willing to be the leader in his home, in his family. I just admit to you, I'm not, I've not written a book on this. I'm not the leading authority. I made my share of mistakes being a dad. I made my share. I did not have a good example. I probably knew more what not to do than what to do. Uh, my dad wasn't there. I, I just, you know, he, he just really wasn't a part of our lives. I, didn't, I, I don't remember him ever really disciplining me. I, I don't remember. I remember my mom uh, doing more of the discipline than my dad ever did. I just don't remember. I didn't have a good role model. I didn't have a good example. And so it was a struggle in order to be a good dad. You know, we have this uh, text going on today, whether which of my kids were worse between the brothers. Uh, I think Nathan may have been the instigator in this about which one we had the harder time raising. And so when it got to me, this text got to me, I said, I choose to remain um, uh, neutral in this debate. But I said, I had to beat the devil out of both of them. Okay. I mean, I had to beat the devil out. And so, uh, you know, my, my son then wrote back and said, go to, pre- go to church preacher. So I, you know, so, and <laughs> I guess because I wouldn't take sides, but you know, it's like a missionary family that, that we knew real well. They had the littlest boy. They said, they don't let him on the platform yet because they weren't done beating the devil out of him. And so, uh, but you know what? It means you got to take the leadership. Man, you got to take the leadership. Within your home. And so a couple of things I wanted you to notice about Joseph. We know, first of all, that he was a provider. He had a skill. He had a job. Even though we know they were very poor, he still had a trade. He was a carpenter. That means he had a carpenter shop. So when he got to Bethlehem, you got to remember in this story, they traveled there. They left their home to go to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. And so it was just that time when Mary was just about due and she was going to have her baby. It was meant to be in Bethlehem. But he had a trade. He had a skill. Now, I don't know where they are when every place is hiring. You know, you look and, and it's like in Winchester, nearly every place is hiring. But where are the men? You know, it makes you wonder. In our plant, we can't keep people. And I thought, what's the secret? How are they able to pay their bills and not work? You know what? I believe that if I was out of a job, it would be my job to find a job. Come on. I've told people that. I've got something. I said, you lose your job. It's your job to find a job. You should be out finding a job. You know what? I'm like you. I don't always enjoy work either. But I've just learned in 59 years to accept it. If I want to eat, I've got to work. You know what? Really, we've taken this. We've let the government take this away from the church. I believe it's the church's responsibility. Who knows better in a community who just won't work than what the church does? But there instead, the government's taking it over, and they just handing out checks. 
These people to stay. I had this discussion with my coworker. He's he's going over his paycheck and he's thinking, you know, I, I don't have as much money in it as I should have, and all of this or something wrong. He's he's spending time trying to go through this and that. After he had got it all figured out, and I said, now I said, just think, how many people are sleeping in this morning because you're providing for them? You know, they're still laying in bed at home because they're getting a check from our federal government to lay at home and do nothing. Folks, that's our society today. And I find, according to the Word of God, a man should be a provider. I understand there's some exceptions. Very few, very rare. I believe, I know if a husband gets laid off his job, then, you know, and I understand maybe the wife has to work and he's taking care of some responsibilities at home. I think those situations are very few, very rare. But I think the man of the house, if he can, ought to be able to work. Come on. Ought to be able to work. Maybe it's not the best, the most highest paying job. But you know what? I find satisfaction and fulfillment out of knowing our bills are paid because I'm out working a job. Come on. Help me out, man. Help me out. We get some young men in here. I want them to hear it too. you got to provide for your family. It's your responsibility. And you know something? If a person, a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. It's a good philosophy. Our kids did that years ago. I gave them buckets. I said, go out there in the garden and pick up rocks. And they went through this, how big of a rock? I just said, I don't care. Rocks don't grow anything. Pick up the rocks. And I said, you don't have to do it if you don't think you don't want to eat tonight. If you think you can wait till breakfast, because, you know, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. And hunger is a great motivator. It works. It wasn't long before they were picking up rocks. You know? That's not child abuse. That's just training, folks. You know, there's parents. I would dare ask my kid to pick up rocks. Yeah, they should. You know? The little boy, when those Amish people, that uh, Amish man and his son came and, and, uh, and, on the way home, he jumped out of the car. He had to go do something. So we, we had time with the little Melvin, 10 years old. Melvin gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning to do chores before school. Wow. 5 o'clock in the morning to do chores. Wow. You know what? That's part of being a family. That's having responsibility. It's not going to kill him. That helps him. That's what some kids in our generation now are missing. Because they're not made to do anything. They sit around and play video games. Come on. All right. And so a man, as Joseph was, was a provider. Let's go on deeper into the story. The second thing, he showed kindness or compassion. When you find in this story, when she, when Joseph found out that Mary was with child, you will, it'd be like any of us at the first thought, she's been unfaithful. How'd that happen? She's not been faithful to me. Here she is. She's found, she's had, she's ready to have a child. At that point, Jesus, Joseph, the angel had not appeared to Joseph. Joseph had no idea what was going on. He just thought in his natural and his human thinking, she has been unfaithful. And you know what? Rightly so, under the law, he could have had her stoned to death. Really? 
she was unfaithful. He could have had her stoned, rightly so, and been justified in doing it. But the scripture says he chose to put her away privately. He was ready to break off the engagement because he felt she'd been unfaithful. But out of compassion, out of kindness, he was going to do it secretly without embarrassing her. He would have been totally within his rights, but he chose to do differently. You know what I find out? A real man, a godly man, ought to be a man of compassion. You know that? Ought to be. You know what? It's even Bible tells us about Jesus was a man of meekness. And you know what? That is strength under control. It's like a horse that is broken. There is strength there. There is power there. But it's under control. You know what? A man, a real man, a godly man ought to be in control of his emotions. Ought to be in control of himself. I just don't think a man needs to go into a rage, you know, just a rage monster and start going crazy. I just don't think that. You know what? I think a Christian man stops and thinks before he acts. Come on. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Sister Jeffries. But he showed kindness. He showed compassion. That's a real Christian quality. We need that in our character as men. Showing compassion. When's the last time have you showed compassion to your children? Come on. Have you showed compassion? Men, have you showed compassion to your wife? Have you showed kindness to your wife? Come on. To help. Help our marriage. What do you she's she back there waving her hand at me? All right. I'm waiting. I, uh, uh, why'd you choose to sit way back there, Sister Jeffries? But you know. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, excuses, excuses. But I'm showing compassion. And kindness, you know. God wants us to show compassion. And that's just what Joseph did. Publicly, he could have shamed her. Publicly, he could have embarrassed her, had her stoned, but he showed kindness. That's the way a godly man ought to be. That ought to be part of our Christian character, to show kindness. Next one, third one. He was obedient. I want you to notice here, the the angel appears to Joseph in a dream. I don't know if you've ever seen an angel. I never have until my kids were born. Then I saw these little angels, you know, little angels, brother and sister Davy, you know, when those, and my grandkids when they were born, those little angels, every once in a while, take their halo off and just polish it and put it back on. Little angels, but a real angel. I don't know if I've ever run across a real angel, but could you just imagine even the relief Joseph must have felt? And now I understand. Now as the angel made it clear that this child was conceived of the Holy Ghost. This is a special child. There was probably, when he woke up from this dream, there was no doubt in his mind Mary was still pure. And this child is of the Son of God. He's the Son of God. What an amazing thing. 
And so he took Mary to be his wife. He was obedient to the will of God. You know, that's why even husbands, fathers, in our families, we need to be obedient to the will of God. We do. We need to follow God's will. There should be no doubt in our families what we're going to do in a certain situation. We're going to do the will of God. We're going to follow what God has for us. We're going to be obedient to God's word, to God's will. How do we know that? It's through the preaching of the word. It's through reading God's word. It's through prayer when we feel God leading us and directing us. You know, that's why I hope when you make major decisions, you make it a matter of prayer. You know that? We were, we were on the hunt for another car, and I, you know, I was praying. I had trouble enough with cars, and it's like, God, please lead us. I want God's help. When we were bought the house that we've got, I wanted God's direction for the house that we live in. I needed God's help. You know what? I hope before you take that job promotion, you make it a matter of prayer. Not every promotion is God's will, especially if it takes you out of a good church. And puts you someplace where there is no good church. Come on. Joseph was obedient. An angel appears to him in a dream. And it's like the light comes on. Now I understand. Now I don't. I may not have it all figured out or have all the answers, but I can be obedient. You know what? He God chose us. God chose. God designed us to make our own decisions. God doesn't force you, but we surrender our will to Him. I got to surrender myself, surrender my life to His will, and that's why. And Jesus prayed, "Not my will, but Thine be done." His will. What does God want in my life? And then the fourth, the final thing, and I'll close, is that Joseph was a protector. I just believe that the husband ought to be the protector in the home. You ought to be the one to protect your family. If it means you have to lay down your life for your family, you are the protector. We find that in chapter 2 in verse 15 when the, uh, the wise men had left Jesus' life was going to be in danger. Herod was going to be angry. And the angel appears to them again and tells Joseph, Arise, take Mary and the baby and go into Egypt. It was an act of protection upon the life of Jesus. He's the protector. Joseph was the protector. So what did they do? They got up, they left, they went to Egypt. It was part of prophecy out of uh, Egypt. They call my son. But you know what? I find it's a good example for us. Fathers, you need to be the protector in your family. You need to be the protector in your family. So when you hear this noise at night, you don't say, Honey, go see what that noise was. That means you get up and you go find out who's broke into your house. You are the protector of your family family. You are to protect them. I want my wife to know that I'm here to protect her. I will protect her. You know, I mean, if it's a wild dog, I'll protect her. If it's a bear, I'll protect her. I'm here to protect her. 
any way possible. I am called to be the protector of my family. Husbands, you are to be the protector of your family. That's the fourth thing. You know, I find what an amazing man Joseph must have been to assume this role as the earthly father of Jesus Christ. And not a lot from this point on is told about him, but we find out enough to be these four things. He was a provider. He was, showed kindness and compassion. He was obedient, and he was a protector. You know, I find out if you failed in some of these areas, God's grace is still there. God's grace, it's, I've not always been the role model that I should be. I've failed in a lot of areas, but you know what? The grace of God forgives us, and he lets us make a new start. Cassandra, I want you to come back to the piano, please. Do you know what I want us to do tonight? I think this is a great time for fathers. Here at the Christmas season, you know, and say, hey, I make a new commitment to be the role model, to be the dad, the father that God wants me to be. Here's what I want you to do. I want all the dads on their feet. I want you to make your way up to the...